Now, my apologies if I get any of this information wrong about Easter Island and, and the Maori statues and, and the Ahu. The Ahu are the sacred platforms that the Maori statues are based on. And statues vary uh, different shapes, sizes, uh, you know, different amounts of uh, statues that are on each Ahu as well. The most famous one on the island is Ahu Tongariki, and there's about 15, 16 statues there. And you can normally tell who the chief or the jefe uh, was because they normally have a big uh, stone hat on them as well and they're you know, big bulging eyeballs that you can see as well. The Ahu and the, and the, and the Maori statues or, or, or the, the Moai statues, apologies, are, are fascinating, really, really fascinating things. The stone work involved... Um, you know, use mixture of basalt, obsidian, uh, red scoria um, from uh, Puna Pau, which is a, a small crater just on the outskirts of the island as well. I mean, loads of, loads of different things. They are phenomenal. When you're up close and personal with them, they are ginormous. Uh, as we said, and we have said across these episodes, go and check out the Instagram photos and they, they will do some justice to how big the statues really are. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. But we picked up this car, we picked, or we picked up this mini 4x4 and decided the next few days it would be a case of getting up early, utilising the vehicle as best as possible, going to see everything that we could possibly see, visiting as many uh, Moai and Ahus along the way. But we knew that we wanted to see Ahu Tongariki uh, for a sunrise, because that was you know, apparently the thing to do. Uh, and then also go to the other uh, major crater on the island, which is the Rano Raraku, which is on the east side of the island. So that's what we've done. The sunrise over the Ahu Tongariki was incredible. Um, really, really bizarre that morning. We'd driven all the way there. Didn't take long, but we'd driven all the way there. It was pitch black. Even the photos, uh, even the, the lights on the phone were, were not good uh, in order to get into a good position to see the sunrise. But there was about 15, 20 of us in, in total that watched the sunrise come up behind the, the statues. And the great thing is where the statues faced, where they face westwards, it means that the sun, of course, when it rises in the east, is rising straight up behind uh, the statues. And it doesn't matter what words, it won't matter what words I try and use, the colours that were coming from the, from the sun, everything to do with, with that sunrise was probably one of the most beautiful things I think I've ever experienced uh, in my life. Undeniably fantastic. We stood there for a few hours. And we then walked around the site as well. Uh, got told off by a tour guide for supposedly listening, listening in to his tours. We didn't get in an argument with them. Uh, the tour guide wasn't very happy with us. Uh, thought that we were following him around, uh, following the group round, listening and getting a free tour. We claimed that wasn't the case. Um, hand on heart to this day, we weren't doing that. It was a bit pointless. Uh, doing that but we did pick up some interesting things that he mentioned but uh, yeah if he wasn't such an ass then hey ho but from there we we just took the vehicle and we went driving around the island um visited uh Poike, uh volcan Poike, uh, other player uh, and little tiny inlets that were 
bit difficult to get to, you know, by road. Just had a blast in the car, really. Visited all the Ajo that we could along the way. I went to two beaches, uh, one called Ovaje, which was incredibly picturesque. Again, very difficult to get to. You have to go off the beaten track there. Uh, and then went to the, the main beach uh, on the island, which is the beach at Anakena. Also has uh, a set of Ahu and statues there. Uh, I believe the only ones, I think it's called Ahu Now Now. I think the only uh, Maui that are, are based on the beach, if I'm not mistaken. And possibly, possibly, if memory serves correctly, they might be the only ones that look out to the sea. Uh, all, all Maui statues face inwards, apart from, I think it's Anakena, they actually face outwards. It's quite interesting. We just drove around the, the National Park, uh, visited the National Park. I also visited Rano Ruraku, which was similar in the previous episode. If you remember, we mentioned Rano Cow, we visited the crater there. Uh, Rano Ruraku was similar. A lot more horses here. And this was roughly where a lot of the, the stone was uh, found in order to build the statues themselves. And we polished off that day by walking through the, the, the fields of the Maui. And this is where we came up close and personal with the amount of statues. And the, the really interesting thing about it was that you had different statues in different, uh, not moulds and, and whatnot, but you had different statues in different you know, conditions, in different stages of their development, should we say. You had some that were complete, some that were face down. Uh, there were a couple that were still um, being worked on you know, within the rock face itself. And that was quite interesting to see. But they absolutely ginormous, ginormous statues. Really, really, really are. That was the car done. We handed the car back. There were only a couple of things left to do on the island. Uh, we decided that one day we would walk to uh, a place called Ahutepu, which was, again, surprise, surprise, it was like a rock formation and a bit of caving on the west side of the island. Note to self, if you're ever going up and down rocks or looking in caves, etc., do not wear flip-flops. We both learned that the hard way that day. I think a few blisters here and there, not pleasant. Hurt our toes a couple of times on various rocks as well. So if you're going to go and do that sort of stuff, please, please, please do wear proper footwear. And... As things happened to us when we were on our travels, we found out that there was a, once every few months, there was apparently a, a food festival on the, on the island. Uh, basically, a family would host the island for food using traditional cooking methods, which was, in effect, steaming the food underground. A variety of potatoes, meats, bits and pieces like that. And it just so happens, as we were there uh, that Sunday, we we were on the island when this family was hosting. That the queue was about two and a half hours long, I won't lie, uh, but it was well worth it. We were chatting with a couple of tourists in the queue as well. Uh, the great thing about it was it wasn't just locals that were welcomed, everyone was welcomed. And by word, there was enough food there for everyone. It was delicious. Uh, the meat was so tender, it was incredible. The, the way that they cooked it as well was... It's something that we'd never seen before. And then they were sticking to traditional cooking methods, which made it even more fascinating. I think Aaron and a couple of people ended up uh, going for a walk to visit the highest point 
uh, in the island uh, that day. That's not something that I ended up doing. I wasn't particularly feeling overly well, uh, so I ended up going back to the hostel that day. Our final full day in, in Easter Island involved seeing the more local ahus and more local statues, uh, walking around places that we hadn't been to before, like the, the Mercado Artisanal, the artisan market. And the person that we met uh, at the hostel was uh, a lovely lady by the name of uh, Carolina, who was based in Santiago, but she was there on a on a holiday. She couldn't get enough of Easter Island. Uh, we ended up uh, playing bingo uh, that evening. We went to local bingo at the bingo hall, uh, which was which was great fun. Um, I ended up playing Spanish bingo, which is a fantastic way to learn numbers if you ever need to learn numbers quickly go play bingo in a foreign language absolutely absolutely fascinating ironically we were uh rewarded by partaking in rapa nui bingo uh we were rewarded by cake which given uh, what happened in Paraguay uh, and stealing uh, the person's birthday cake we we were we were crying when we were given the cake a crime of laughter when we were given the cake. I'm, I'm hoping the person that gave us the cake that time didn't think we were being disrespectful. We weren't. It was bringing back brilliant memories there of of, of cake. Um, great way, you know, yeah, bingo, Spanish bingo, that's the way forward. Had a great evening there, a bit of live music, everyone having a laugh. Most of the island, I think, must have been there as well. Uh, we didn't win anything on the bingo, which was disappointing. Um, Believe it or not, I think the main prize was a new kitchen. Again, astonishing. You know, bingo, you normally might win 100 quid or something like that. Or maybe nowadays you might win bigger prizes. But uh, yeah, the <laughs> the main prize was a new kitchen, a fully installed a kitchen in your home, which we kind of glad we, we didn't win because uh, we would have had no idea how to carry a kitchen around. But all joking aside, we'd have probably, you know, given it to uh, you know, the local people anyway. But yeah, rewarded with cake for playing Spanish bingo. That was Easter Island done. Uh, Easter Island was a, a true, truly once in a lifetime experience. To be that desolate for a week, to be surrounded by little or, or none of the outside world was a, a wonderful mental break, I think. I, I see why people really enjoy uh, that island. I was tearful when I landed, when I got off the plane, knowing that I was, you know, the number one place to see. And a little bit tearful leaving the island as well, and knowing that, you know, unlikely I'll ever be back there, but knowing that you've been somewhere where not many people will ever say they've been or, or have had the opportunity to, to visit. Now, Easter Island was truly a sensational place and we had a great time we also felt like we had reset the batteries as well especially with the odd day or two that we had of not many activities uh, we felt that we'd reset the batteries and we're ready for the next push uh, between uh, october or late september and, and christmas where we knew we had to get up to panama uh, city for a bit of christmas luxury that we were looking forward to. That's Easter Island in a nutshell. We landed back 
In Santiago, later that evening, uh, we took a taxi straight to the hostel that we'd pre-booked. Uh, in fact, a guy we were traveling with um, decided to stay at the hostel as well. So it was very simple cab fare to get back to the hostel. We left Easter Island behind and in the next episode, we will end up in the Andes, high up in the Andes, uh, whilst also visiting Valparaiso as well. So join us next time for the rest of Chile.